right, welcome to episode two of Bucking Around. I'm Cody Coleman, and with me today we have Jordan Funky Comedina, mm-hmm. uh, the catching coach and bullpen catcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jordan, welcome to the show. It's nice to talk, yeah, man. Absolutely, thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Also, Jordan is not just a baseball guy. I forgot to mention in that little intro I just did. He's also the founder of Downtime Clothing. Uh, yeah. Some, that's the, that's how I discovered you really was through that. I, you know, I, I always look at like the vintage stuff on like the Pittsburgh area and like uh-huh. your stuff kind of filtered into there. Yeah. So that's kind of how I discovered you. And then I was like, Oh, this guy also is like the bullpen catcher and catcher's coach for the pirates. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So we will get into that okay. later, but I want to yep. get some background on you. So you're an Illinois guy. Yep. From normal Illinois, you went to Purdue to play baseball. What was that experience like playing baseball in the Midwest for a big school like Purdue? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? My dad went to Purdue. And so as a kid growing up in Illinois, I was always uh, a Purdue fan. Uh, you know, all sports would go over um, to Lafayette. It was about a little under two and a half hours from home. Um, and we'd go over to basketball games, football games, you know, baseball occasionally, or if they'd come over and play Illinois State on a midweek game, which is where I'm from, normal. It's where Illinois State University is. Uh, we'd go check out, you know, Purdue. And, and uh, I was always just, I loved the campus. I loved um, just everything about the school, you know, for whatever reason. I just loved being over there. I thought it was just the, the coolest spot and um, always wanted to play baseball there. I was always a Purdue fan, like I said. And um, so as, you know, junior high and high school go on and, um, you know, I, I feel like I, I got an opportunity here. There will be opportunity to play college baseball, um, as teams are recruiting me and, you know, various schools and this and that, like, I, I want to go to Purdue, you know? And so, um, I, I uh, went to their, some of their camps and made sure that they knew where I was playing throughout high school and through summer. And, and they started to recruit me a little bit and, um, made that happen. You know, I was able to, to go there and, and loved my time there, um, studied movement and sports science, uh, got my degree and, and graduated in four and a half years and um, just really loved it. You know, it was, was close enough to home where my parents could come uh, to, you know, my dad I came to every game. I, I don't know if he missed a game. I mean, he would travel wherever um, and got to all of them. My mom went to just about all of them, um, you know, but but still far enough away where it's just like, they're not down the street, you know, it's like two and a half hours. So you're still away and you're in a different state. So it was like kind of a perfect blend of being away at college, but if you need to get home, you can, and then they can obviously still share that experience with you and and, uh, be at all the games and stuff. So it was great. Yeah. So like, what was that experience like? I mean, I I had a similar situation. I played division three football in West Virginia, but I was from Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. The school was close enough to home. And my dad came to every game, whether it was yeah, he came, he came to the JV squad, he came to the varsity squad on Saturdays. He he was there no matter what. So how important was that for you, for your parents to be able to come and see you play? Yeah, you know it, it's great, you know, and and um, you know my my dad, um, you know, being a Purdue alum, um, you know, and John Purdue Club member, and you know, a contributor to the school, and just a. Uh, a lifelong Purdue fan, you know, since the seventies when he was there, um, you know, he takes a lot of pride in, in the university and, and to have me, you know, be a part of that as he was, um, 
was really cool. And, and to see me, you know, represent the university in an athletic realm, um, was very cool. So, you know, any opportunity there, my parents are my biggest fans, you know, of course. And, um, they were huge supporters of me my whole life. I'm an only child and they never missed any games ever. Um, they're always there with me, supporting me and, um, wherever I was at playing, they're going to be there. So, uh, it was great that they could, could do that. You know, mo- most of the midweek schedules around Illinois, Ohio, you know, Indiana somewhere. So it's a few hour drive, maybe at the most to get there from Illinois. Um, and then the mid uh, weekends, they loved it. Like traveling to all the big 10 schools, you know, sites, if it's either at Purdue or it's wherever it is. And then early in the year, when you're going somewhere warm, that's a reason for them to, you know, get on a plane and go to Florida or go to Texas or wherever we were that's warm and getting to experience some of those other Southern um, college campuses that they would, you know, never otherwise be able to see. Um, so they, they love the experience, you know, for different reasons, probably as much as I did, you know, just being able to have those, those different experiences and, and make friends with other, you know, players, uh, parents that, that were in the same boat as them making those trips. And, uh, they, they, you know, gained a lot of great friends. Uh, they did as well, you know, in addition to me, um, they gained a lot of great friends, uh, over that time as well. So it was great. Yeah, see, that, that was the biggest thing. They didn't care that you played more baseball. They're like, this kid's going to go to college, and we're going to go down to Florida every year. Yeah. <laughs> he can yeah. go play baseball. We're going to enjoy the the sun yeah, and get out of that's Illinois. Right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's February, March. It's miserable in, in Illinois right. in those months. So a couple weekend trips to wherever, down south in the warm and sunshine is okay. Absolutely. Now, like, what um, – I had a question. I do. This happens every interview. I like have a question in my head and then I get entranced to whatever you're saying, whatever, whoever the guest is. And I'm like, man, that was a really good answer. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> it's all right. It'll come back to you. But so you're playing at Purdue, you're playing all these big schools. When, when as a kid, did you realize that like you could, you could go play D one and eventually play professionally? When, when does that mindset start? Well, you know, I, I think for me, um, when I was very little, like uh, if, you know, if anybody would have asked me, you know, when I was in grade school, early on in grade school, like, what do you want to be or what are you going to do in your life? Like my answer with unequivocally was, well, I'm going to play baseball. Like that's not like that's the answer. It's not even, you know, a question, really. I'm going to play baseball or and and I think with that, it's just I'm going to be involved in baseball in any way that I any way that I could. And, and obviously, initially, it's playing and I want to play as long as I can. And to me, there was never any question that I was going to play professionally. Um, you know, I, as I got in through high school, like I, I I loved it. It was my passion. It was something that that I spent countless hours, you know, working at and, and training and doing all the things that I need to do to try to elevate myself as an athlete and, and my game as a, as a baseball player, um, you know, and, and getting into college, continuing that same dedicated grind and, and focus on, um, you know, elevating your level of play and, and, you know, your, your ability to perform, right. And, and um, be an overall well-rounded athlete and well-rounded baseball player, you know? And so uh, I played, you know, four years at Purdue and I, you know, my junior year at Purdue, I, I broke my hand. Um, I broke my handmate bone. Was having a tremendous start to the season. Uh, we were down in, in on spring break in um, 
Samford in Alabama and just fouled a ball off to the right like players do all the time. I've taken, you know, a billion swings in my life. And on this one, for whatever reason, I fouled it off and I felt a pop in my hand. And I, I ended up breaking a bone, a little piece of a bone in your palm, it's the right. hamate bone. And, you, you know, you see Mike Trout's done it, and there's a bunch of guys. It happens all the time. It's a very common injury, but it's a freak injury at the same time. Right. And so I, you know, and I played with it broken, um, hoping it would kind of go away. Or sometimes it just kind of null, you know, uh, numbs itself and just kind of right. you don't have to have surgery. It'll just kind of whatever go away, um, the pain. But mine didn't do that. It kept getting worse and worse to the point where it was ridiculous for me to continue to try to play. My hand was just useless, my left hand. And so I had surgery, missed the rest of the year. And, you know, the, the tremendous start that I had going that junior year, which is probably your most critical year as a four-year, you know, Division One baseball athlete, your junior year is like your, your year to get drafted, really, and like have right. some leverage and you know, get some money or whatever, you know, just the opportunity is, is that's the year. So yeah. it was all lining up for me. And, and I, um, you know, I had the unfortunate luck of, of having that injury happen, missed a significant amount of time, didn't get drafted, came back, uh, in the summer, played in the Northwoods league for three years in Madison, Wisconsin, um, came back and played that summer, had a tremendous summer and, um, you know, probably the best summer that I'd had up there of the three. And, you know, just, just went on. And then my senior year, I just struggled, was never really able to get it going. Um, it was very frustrating, but, um, you know, overall, you know, I, I, I really still felt like I, I had the ability without a doubt to play professionally. Um, you know, just needed an opportunity and, you know, the story behind this, um, this is pretty crazy. So, I played three years in summer ball in Madison, Wisconsin, which is like the, if you're familiar with the Northwoods league at the time, I mean, it still is, it's a very, uh, highly competitive, um, uh, college summer league for, you know, um, college athletes that go to play and they play about 70 games in like 75 days. It's like a pro schedule. You play every day for, for two and a half months and then you go back to school. And so at the time there was about a dozen teams in the league. Now there's like 20, it's, it's a much bigger league, but this is 2007. Um, and and into 2008 so 2007 there's about a dozen teams um so you're playing everybody you're traveling from canada to iowa to michigan to you know all over kind of that upper minnesota wisconsin and i, I played three years in that league it was awesome loved it so after i didn't get drafted in 2008 my last year at purdue the mallards invited me back to madison um for an alumni event it included an alumni game. And I felt like, I, you know, I'd had a lot of success up there. They actually had retired my number 14 up there. Um, you know, it was just, it was a great time. I loved everything about Madison. It's like the, the Yankees of the Northwoods league. Yeah. And, um, we'd get like six or 7,000 people every night for a summer right. ball game in college. I mean, it's just incredible, the atmosphere and everything about it. So I felt like I owed it to them to, go up there and do that, you know, and like they did a lot for me. So I went up and we played in this alumni game that included some former Mallards players. I was easily the youngest guy there because I had just graduated college or just finished playing. Um, and then there's guys like Vita Blue, Blue Moon Odom, Danny Cox, like 
Raleigh fingers, like these like old school, you know, baseball guys are also playing in this game. So it's like a, right. a mix of these, these two teams are playing a game and there's like 6,000 people at this event, at this game. And, um, the owner, Steve Schmidt is, he knows all these old time baseball guys and they're always coming around during the summer and whatever. So that's how this game gets put together and it's a big event. And so I, I end up playing shortstop in the game, which is ironic because that was the only position in Madison in the summer that I didn't play outside of pitcher. I played all seven other positions except short, but I played shortstop in this game for whatever reason. And, um, we play this game. I hit two doubles off the left field wall, like off by the blue throwing like 65 miles an hour, you know, <laughs> it's just, just crazy. And after the game, Jimmy Wynn comes up to me, um, the toy cannon and old time Astro great, you know, um, and he's asking me, he's like, Hey, why, you know, why aren't you playing anywhere? You know, I'm like, well, you know, um, I, I feel like I can, you know, I just, I'm looking for an opportunity, kind of just gave him a real short, uh, answer as to why I'm not, but I very much want to, you know, and he's like, okay, well, let me see what I can do is basically how he left it. I'm like, okay, you know, thanks. And didn't really think anything of it. Appreciate the, the, you know, the, the offer or whatever and go from there. So later that that's like in, I don't know, the, uh, August. So fast forward to like January, a few months ahead, and I get a call from the Astros um, basically saying that they want to sign me um, as a free agent, minor league free agent. And, you know, I come to find out, obviously, that it was stemmed from this conversation that Jimmy Wynn had had. He was like a special assistant with the club at the time, had gone back to the Astros, had given them my name, had... Um, I guess, you know, and I think the Astros had reached out to some people with the Mallards and some other people to kind of cross check his reference to me and, uh, went from there and they ended up signing me, you know? And so I was like, okay, here we go. This is great. Um, and they, you know, they, they didn't really know what position I played. So they, they kind of asked me, um, you know, cause they knew I kind of did a little bit of everything. So they're like, what do right. you want to kind of, what do you want to do? You know? And I, and me initially just thinking, well, am I, my best chance at kind of sticking around because i'm coming in no money like the lowest rung on the totem pole as a as a college free agent sign like i, I can catch like everybody needs catching right. and i know i can catch even though i didn't really catch in college i maybe caught a dozen games in four years you know i played outfield and some infield whatever but i can catch i want to catch that's what i want to do so okay so i'm now with the astros and i go to spring training and i'm a catcher and um it just kind of went from there. You know, I, I was able to work my way onto a uh, full season roster coming out of my first spring training, went to Lexington and the Sally league. And, um, you know, just from there, I, I tried to make the most, I feel like I did make the most of the opportunity when it was presented to me to play, you know, I, I was, uh, just kind of an organizational guy for the time that I was there it was four years and did everything that was asked of me. And, um, you know, my biggest goal, uh, you know, from a playing standpoint, when I did get an opportunity to get in the lineup and play was keeping the mindset that like, if somebody's coming to watch this game, cause we had guys like, you know, the other catchers on our team were on a 40 man or 
had been in big league camp or there were big prospects. It's Roger Clemens son was on our team. Kobe he was a good buddy with, with me or Jason Castro was a first rounder out of Stanford in Oh nine. I think he was in Lancaster with me, you know? And so it's like, okay, if somebody's just coming up to the park today to watch this, this game and I'm catching, they're not going to know that the catcher was an undrafted college, you know, free agent from wherever, who cares, right. you know, like this game is going to flow perfectly. I'm going to catch well. The pitcher's going to be in sync. We're going to have some rhythm. We're going to have a plan. We're going to execute the plan. Um, you know, and th- this game's going to go about with nobody knowing that I'm not like a prospect. They, they're not going to know me from Jason Castro or me from Renee Garcia, who was on the 40 man or whoever it is. It's going to flow and it's going to be beautiful. You know, we're, we're going to do it. Um, and that was always the mindset that I took in to the games where, you know, I would, I would use the time when I wasn't in the lineup, which was a lot in the bullpen to catch and get familiar with these guys and grow relationships with them, know their stuff, catch them as if it's a game in the pen. I'm blocking balls in the dirt. I'm receiving the ball as if I would, if it's in the game. And so when I am in the game, I'm not getting sped up. It's the same right. thing. It's just like, I'm catching the guy in the bullpen and you know, nothing's changed. So here we go. Hey, practice like you play, right? That's right. That's right. And, yeah. and the pitchers see that, right? And they value that. And they, they, that's how you, you build trust. And, and now that's something that I try to impart on our guys, Pirates, is like starting in spring training, like the, the, the sides that you're catching. Every time you are in contact with a pitcher, it's an opportunity to grow this relationship, to build that rapport, to work on your own craft. I mean, everything that we do from a drills package standpoint and you're working on stuff is great, but nothing is going to replicate catching live bullpens or live arms outside of catching in a game not that's the the next best thing is catching a live bullpen right you can work on what you want to work on at full speed just like it would be in a game you know and so that was something i took a lot of pride in um and doing and you know it it, i felt like when i played i played well you know i just didn't have a ton of opportunity um you know i i really truly believe to this day that i um I could have played in the big leagues. Um, I, I really believe that. I didn't, you know, um, but I, I really believe that, you know, if maybe just a little bit more luck or a little bit more opportunity here and there. Uh, I don't know, you know, but I, I really do believe that I, I had um, a lot of what it took to not necessarily stay, but to get there, you know, and just be, get a cup of coffee. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I truly believe that. So, um you know, it is what it is, but I, I learned a lot from my time at the Astros and, um, you know, took a lot of, uh, a lot of valuable things that I, you know, take into what I do now with the pirates and, and into my coaching, you know, uh, side of things now. And, um, it's a tremendous you know opportunity that I have with the pirates to be able to work with our catchers and to, uh, help grow their development and, um, you know, help them just to maximize, uh, their ability, right. And to, to help them impact the game, to help our staff, to help our team, um, right. you know, be as good as we can be at that position. So. Right. Now the college summer league, it, the one that you were in helped you immensely. Obviously it got yeah. you a job in the, ma- in a major league system. What do you see as the most important part of those summer leagues because, you know, you have the one you were in, you have the Cape Cod League, these big mm-hmm. people know about these summer leagues and it's all college kids just trying to yeah. stay fresh and get eyes on themselves. What is the biggest part or what what's the importance of, of those leagues to you? 
And then also you have another type of league emerging that involves college players, which is with the Savannah Bananas. They're bringing like a fun aspect to the game. They're they're reinventing it, but it's, it stemmed from that college summer league type of environment. So, what does what kind of element do you think? Like, does that help kids like to be in the Savannah Bananas as opposed to being a part of the Cape Cod League or the league you were in? Well, I mean, I, the banana stuff is pretty crazy to me. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what to think of that. I mean, it's a show, right? It's, it's purely entertainment. Right. I, I mean, obviously, the guys that are out there doing some of the stuff that they're doing, they're very talented. They're very athletic. They're very uh, aware of their bodies and their you know, athleticism to be able to do some of the things that they're doing. Um, you know, but I, I think ultimately guys that are looking to play, you know, at the highest level and to go into professional baseball, like, you know, the Northwoods league, for example, and now it's a little bit different where it's mostly, or, or if not all, it's predominantly freshmen. And they've kind of just punted on the fact that they're going to get the nation's best freshmen every year. And then that yeah. second year, they're all going to ship them off to the Cape and they're going to get the next right. best wave of freshmen. Right. So when I was there, you know, this is however many years ago, 2005, uh, six, seven, like I said, there were probably half as many teams and it was much more comparable in terms of competition. I think the Cape probably still had a little bit higher rating um, in terms of just maybe a little bit more VGLO, whatever, but the, the Northwoods was like right there. I mean, you're seeing 90 plus every single night. Right. You know, multiple guys on multiple on every team are, are running it up there very hard. Um, you're seeing, you know, s- returning second and third year players. Um, and the, the, like the, the talent pool is so much more condensed. Now I feel like yeah. it's it's a little bit more watered down where they're just there's so many teams before. I mean, it was professional baseball. Like it was like a low A, you know, short season kind of vibe. Yeah. 70 games the travel you're taking a maybe a 10 hour bus ride and then getting off the bus at six in the morning and playing that night like it didn't care they didn't care it was it was it was hard and that's what i loved about it 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 weeded out you know like who's here to play and get after it and compete and who's not because if you're not that league will eat you alive and you have to embrace like the hardness of it where it's like, this is the hardness is what makes it fun. And if you have, if you go through that, the, the, you know, the, the lack of sleep or the lack of optimal like travel accommodations where you're sleeping literally on a bus floor for eight hours through the night, driving from Iowa to Canada and then getting off the bus and the sun's coming up and you go into your room, you take a nap and then you go to the ballpark. And then you go out and you go two for four with a walk. And like, that's not easy to do off a guy that's slept in his own bed last night. And he's throwing 94 with like, okay, like, let's go, let's strap it on and let's go, let's go play. And it's hard. And the league comes at you every day. It's just like pro ball. Like you can go for 20, you can go for 20 like that. Like, because you know, you, you go for four, 0 for 5 tomorrow, you got five more coming. Now you're 0 for 5 again. Now you're 0 for your last 10. It's like it starts snowballing in a hurry. It can, just like it does in pro ball. 
you know, and so there's no, and you can't be looking at the calendar, looking for the day off. Cause there aren't any days off, you know, it's <laughs> like, um, and, and it teaches you real quick, like how to manage your time. Um, you know, for me, it was like Purdue was a very, uh, huh, um, hard environment as well. Like we were very strict, uh, very like every T crossed, I dotted up your ass all the time about everything. And for me, going to summer ball where it's like all I have to do is just like work out and be in shape and go to the yard and play ball. Like, oh, my gosh, like I, this is the best. Right. You know? This is this is the best. I can go and do whatever I want. We, our coaches there were the same staff from all three years I was there. They were awesome. They're like anything you want to do. You want to hit early. You want to do this. You want to do that. It was the best. It's just like pro ball. Like it's all there for you. So right. You find I, out I, real I, quick who wants to be there, who wants to work. And, and the guys right. that embrace it have great, great summers. Right. And I assume that experience with the summer, summer ball leagues gets you prepared for the minor leagues of professional yeah, baseball, sure. right? Absolutely. Cause you, you Absolutely. hear the horror stories from back in the day of guys, everybody's cramped in a one bedroom apartment, you know, <laughs> not, you only afford uh, PB and J's like yeah. just that, mentality of we're here for the love of the game i'm sure that prepared you spectacularly for being with the astros yeah you know and, and the, the the summer ball experience was very much a um you know a, a, like a test drive or an internship in professional baseball right you know for sure outside this of is, living like the summer league stuff you get a host family and you're right so that's a little different pro ball you're right you got half the teams in a, an apartment <laughs> You know, just to cut the rent down to as little as possible, you got seven guys in a two bedroom or something. Yeah. And I've done that before too. And that's, you know, <laughs> but it is what it is. That's what you got to do sometimes. But um, so outside of that, the summer ball experience, yeah, it, it very much gives you a little taste of what the pro, uh, pro ball, especially lower level pro ball schedules are like. Right. Now, we've already kind of talked about how things didn't work out with making it to the show. But you pivoted. How how do you really get into bullpen catching? Like, obviously, you have to have a background in baseball. But how yeah. does one say, "Hey, I want to catch your bullpens"? <laughs> so, okay, so the in the off season, um, when I was still playing with the Astros in the off season, I lived in Lafayette, Indiana, and there were some guys there. Uh, Clayton Richard was one of the guys um, pitched in the big leagues for a long time with. Uh, Padres and Cubs, White Sox, um, and Josh Lindblom, who was a teammate of mine at Purdue, was from Lafayette, pitched in the big leagues with the Dodgers, Phillies, I think the A's, uh, Brewers. Anyway, so those guys were in Lafayette. I lived in Lafayette. So the offseason, when they were ramping up, we would go over and work out at Purdue, and I would catch all their sides, and it was great. I get to catch these guys before I head to spring training. They have a catcher to throw to before they're heading to spring training. Um, and then there was a fellow there who still lives in Lafayette named Pat Murtaugh, who's a, a major league scout uh, for the Yankees. And so long story short, I'm coaching at Purdue um, in 2016. And uh, I get a call from a friend of mine who was at the time the pitching coach at the University of Indianapolis. They had gotten an email sent to them from the University of Pittsburgh uh, that they had received note from the Pirates that the Pirates were looking to add another bullpen catcher at the time. And 
if they knew anybody, whatever. So they forward the coach at Pitt, knew the coach at Indianapolis. The AAA team for the Pirates is in, Indian, in Indianapolis. And so this gets to them. My buddy sees it. He calls me. And he, him and I were uh, coaches together the couple years prior at Parkland College in Illinois, a D2 JUCO. And so he sees this, calls me, and says, hey, I got something here you might be interested in. Gives me the rundown. I said, okay. You know, and we didn't know if it was like for the Pirates Pirates or if it right. was like for the Indianapolis Indians or what. You know, so I was like, okay. I'll send you my like a resume. I'll put it together. I'll send some references on there. And you do whatever you got to do. Okay. So I sent him a, a resume of sorts and some references, one of which was Clayton, who's very well regarded around Major League Baseball. He's retired now, but was very well regarded. Tremendous guy, tremendous teammate and worker and just whatever. Like, great guy. 10 out of 10 guy. Um, Lynn Bloom was on there. I think maybe, maybe one other guy that I knew. And then um, – Pat Murtaugh, the scout who I'd gotten to know real well living there. So I sent it off and then, you know, I'm busy at Purdue and not thinking anything of it really. I didn't follow up with anybody, didn't look into it any further than just having that one conversation with my buddy. And um, now we're into like March, early March. And, you know, we've been playing for a few weeks with Purdue and it's like Monday morning, it's seven o'clock in the morning and my phone rings and I'm laying in bed, you know, half asleep, waiting for my daughter to wake up. And it's a 412 phone number, which, you know, that's Pittsburgh, but it it, it didn't really like register in my head because I, and so I let it go to voicemail and they leave a voicemail. I listened to the voicemail and it was Clint Hurdle. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So, (laughs) and he's saying, hey, Jordan, this is Clint Hurdle, you know, um, got some information here on you. Wanted to talk to you about, you know, bringing you on as a bullpen catcher and this and that. Give me a call back. So I'm like, holy cow. Okay. So I, I call him back right away. He answers. They're in Detroit, get, uh, finishing up a wraparound, you know, weekend into a Monday, Tuesday little series with the Tigers. He gives me uh, the spiel. We talked for maybe 20, 25 minutes. Um, I said, okay, wow. Like this is, uh, I need to talk this thing over and, let me, I'll call you tomorrow. So, okay, I'll call you back tomorrow, same time. All right. So I talked to the coach at Purdue, talked to the people I needed to talk to, and he called me back the next day and I said, let's, let's do it. You know, I, um, I, I always had, I always wanted to be in, I wanted to be in coaching after my playing was done, right. but I, I really felt like I wanted to be involved in professional baseball as opposed to college baseball. Um, I just felt like a lot of the other stuff that went along with college baseball was not, I wasn't really into it, you know, just the, all the recruiting and the yep. just keeping after the, these kids all the time. And it's just, it's a lot, They're, all the rules and regulation. Like I just want to work on baseball. I just want to do right. baseball you, stuff. You didn't want to have to get up early and go and check yeah. if your shortstop was in math class. That's, That's right. A hundred percent. That's absolutely right. Okay, so here's an in. All right, so that's that's Tuesday. That Friday, so Tuesday I tell him I'm in. That Friday I was in Pittsburgh at PNC in the bullpen, you know, and it's like crazy. So I I missed the first uh, couple games that year in 2016, but I, I was at like 70, I don't know, like 76 home games. So I just did home games that first year. So I was commuting from Pittsburgh back to Indiana. If if the Pirates were home, I would be in Pittsburgh. If they weren't, I would be with Purdue. 
and it really worked out pretty well. Like I only missed a couple games with, with Purdue, um, you know, and, and, um, and, you know, wrote out the end of the Purdue season and was with the pirates for the remainder of the summer. And then that winter in 2017, going into that year, they brought me on as uh, like a full time where right. I was traveling and the whole deal. Yeah. Now you were also able to like this, this whole thing with the Pittsburgh had yeah. to be a dream come true. Not only cause you're, you're, coaching in the major leagues but you're coaching for pittsburgh and you're a huge steelers fan yeah was that what was that like to be like oh i'm gonna be closer to the steelers maybe i can catch some games <laughs> yeah so well it's not just that it's even my dad is from about 30 minutes south of pittsburgh okay my mom my mom is from sharon pa which is about right. you know, an hour and a half north my dad's from bell vernon okay um and so I have been, I'm from Illinois, but I have been a lifelong Pittsburgh sports fan, period. Like Pirates, Penguins, Steelers, well, everything. Born, born to those parents, you kind of have to be, right? That's right. And <laughs> I grew up going to Steeler, you know, uh, Steeler games, going to Pirate games every summer in Pittsburgh, going to Penguin games, um, you know. And so I, I love that the same, um, the same feeling that I had when I would go to lafayette and go over to purdue just that that sense of like man i just i just i don't know what it is i just love it here i love right. lafayette i love the campus that's the feeling I, I mean you hear people talk about when you drive through the tunnels and you see pittsburgh open up like that's a real thing yeah and i remember as a kid and even to this day anytime i'm driving through those tunnels and it opens up into pittsburgh it like gives you chills it's like the absolute coolest thing I love Pittsburgh so much. I love the city. I love going there. I always have. As a kid, I, I will always remember anytime we would get to go into the city, it was the best. Go to a pirate game, a penguin game, Steeler game, whatever, the best. Um, and so getting to, to be a part of the Pittsburgh sport community uh, and live in Pittsburgh half the year is amazing. You know, it, it really is like a dream to be able to be a part of this, um, you know, and to hopefully be a part of us taking this next step like winning and, and making a playoff push will be so special when it happens and it's going to happen um, absolutely it's going to happen and, and it's going to be incredible um but you know being a part of it and being able to live there and, and experience pittsburgh like the way that i get to now uh is really cool and share that with my family you know for my parents being able to come here my wife and, and my daughter they love pittsburgh um, when they when my daughter gets to come out, she's, you know, been there enough now where she kind of knows her way around a little bit and knows some of the spots and, nice. um, yeah, she loves it. You know, she's eight now. And, um, so it's great getting to share that with them. It's really cool. That's awesome. Now you mentioned the pirates taking the next step. This, yep. this generally, this podcast isn't supposed to be talking <clears throat> about the pirates in general, but you know, when I have the catching coach, there's two young catchers on the major league team right now. I got to ask some questions. Yep. What's up with Henry Davis not catching? <laughs> well, so the loaded question, I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's going to catch, um, you know, his, his bat was um, ready to come up to the big leagues. He was ready to, you know, he was really just crushing the ball in triple a yeah. last year, um, you know, and, and was ready to take that next step. There, he had nothing left to prove from an offensive standpoint in Indy last year. And so uh, to provide us a little spark and to get his bat to the big leagues, you know, they decided they um, wanted to, 
explore some other opportunities for him from a defensive standpoint, just to get him on the field. Right. And, and Andy was in the same boat. We, you know, it's, right. it's a unique situation where you have two guys playing the same position that are roughly the same age, roughly on the same like career path in terms of like when they're ready to get to the big leagues. And, you know, both guys are recognized as guys that are going to be part of what we're doing here moving forward. Right. So like, it's kind of a a unique situation. Rarely do you have two premier shortstops or two, you know, whatever, two of the exact same position that are there at the same time, ready to, to come. So Jason delay was a guy that also was with us who could really catch. And obviously he's not going to play any other positions. Um, Andy, was a guy who has played some other positions in the past as well in, in the minor leagues, has dabbled with a little bit of outfield, a little bit of infield. He's played some first. And and obviously his his future, I think, at least for now, is behind the plate. So, you know, Henry, it was let's experiment with him in the outfield. We feel like we can he can do this. His arm is obviously elite. Um, it will free him up, hopefully, to just hit for now. And, and um, you know, not that the catching thing is going away. Um, it just, it got to a point where that was just basically where we were at. Um, and you know, we, we wrote out the season in the manner that it was. Andy did a really nice job. Jason did a nice job. Um, so it it just, it it is what it is. So moving forward though, um, the catching thing will be uh, revisited with Henry. I mean, you bring up Jason delay. I think in our circle, the NS nine circle, we see Jason Delay as an unsung hero for this team. Absolutely, he he was so good when called upon. Yep, we expected him to be like we didn't going into the season. You didn't really expect him to be there long because you had the two young guys in AAA or mm-hmm. Henry Davis started in AA, I believe. But yep. you you know these guys are coming up, and you yep. figure okay, Delay's just going to be here until one of them or both need to be called up, and then you know we thought. Hedges would be the mentor and like they'd get more time, whatever. But Jason Delay made a case for himself to stay on the major league club. Sure. What what kind of uh preparation do you see him put into the game and what makes him that type of player? Yeah, you know, Jason's a very um he's a very good major league player. You know, he he's a he's a he's an excellent major league backup catcher. And that's not an easy job. Um being called upon uh, you know, in a irregular uh, pattern of play to be able to come right. in, play at a high level, produce both offensively and defensively. He's very good at that, um, you know, and, and he learned a lot from Austin. Austin's preparation was tremendous. His command of our uh, advanced meetings and our preparation and that type of thing, um, Austin was outstanding. And I think he empowered Jason to also then kind of take some of that ownership and leadership role in running the meetings with him. And then when Austin was moved on, um, you know, Jason then took the reins on that and, and the, the pitchers love him. They trust him. He's, yeah. he's, he's a very different personality from Andy. Uh, Jason is, is much quieter, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, more reserved, but like incredibly smart, very tactical. When he says something, it, it, it has purpose behind it. You know, it's it's um, it's very thought out. He's very talented, and Andy is like the young, super energetic, um, loud. You know, just wants to like 
give you a hug and yeah. and he's just the, the life of the party, you know, and, and it's, and that's okay. That's who those guys both are. Um, and they both own that and they embrace it. And I think collectively those two, um, you know, did a nice job for us. I, I felt like our catching core as a whole, um, did a very nice job, um, last year and, uh, continued to get better continued to work as the year went on. So, you know, we'll see what happens moving into next year, but, um, Jason has, has been a incredibly important role, uh, player in our, you know, catching unit, the development of the young guys, um, and just, you know, being part of like the catching culture that, that we're building here in Pittsburgh, Right. like Jason is a, is an excellent example of when you, when you buy in, when you put the work in, when you're intentional with what you're doing, um, you know, and you, and you just work at it, right? I mean, you can get better and you're going to get better. We're going to make you better. Um, so, you know, he, he's been tremendous, you know, and I, I uh, wherever he is, whether it's with us or when he moves on in the future, if that ever happens, like I'll, I'll always be a huge fan of Jason Belay. Yeah. And then I want to talk, I know we're talking about work. It sucks, but <laughs> with Andy, you, yeah. you brought up his, his enthusiasm. He's energetic. You kind of touched on it, but what just what does that do for the a the locker room, the clubhouse, and what does that do on the field for the guy pitching? I mean, I feel like we saw with him and Bednar, mm -hmm. Bednar would get into some ruts, but then he'd bring him back. So, like, yeah, what does like does that? How does that translate? How do you translate that? Yeah, you know, Andy's Andy's energy is very real. It's it's not you know staged or fake or you know, forced, like he, right. he cares, he cares about his guys. He cares about the game. Uh, he wants to win. He wants to perform. He wants to do well. Um, you know, and so, uh, you know, it's something that moving into 2024, like I, I want to continue to challenge him with taking that next step in the leadership type role like look man look around right. the room and, and i don't know who we're going to sign or acquire or bring in or whatever you know from like if, if there's going to be some older veteran guys but listen man like you're going to be here moving forward like you are going to be a big part of what we're doing here you have an opportunity to be really good um and take a big step forward now that you've kind of got your feet wet and you've experienced everything you've experienced last year Okay, 2024, like, the stakes are real now. Like, we need right. to win. We're going to win. And you're going to be a part of that. And I, I think he's going to like that. He's not scared. He'll, he'll embrace that. But my challenge to him is going to be, you need to take a bigger role in, like, exuding that energy on people and, like, raising the energy and the, and the uh, sense of urgency in the room. Like, let's go. Let's right. go. People feed off of his energy. And and coming from the catcher position is like one of the best places to be. Knowing when to, you know, pick your spots and know who you're dealing with and, and all of that plays a role in it too. But like your energy in the dugout when we're hitting and your energy and your leadership on the field when we're on defense, like is real and it can be very impactful. Um you know, and you look at the teams that you watch the playoffs and you look at the teams that are really good and that, that win. And it looks like they're just having the absolute best time. Right. You know, like the energy is just pouring out of their dugout. 
they have handshakes. They got this, they got that. It's just like guys are jumping over the top rail. They're pointing and doing all this stuff. It's like, it's the best time. And Andy is that kind of player to me. And he has the ability to like get guys on board to be like, Hey, this is what we're going to be about. This is how we're going to do it. So like, let's go, like get them on board, get them going from day one, from day one of spring training. Um, find out like finding our identity as a team as quickly as possible um for this for the group that we're going to have you know once we have everybody in the room and like let's find our identity as fast as possible and let's embrace it and let's roll with it you know and i think him being a big part of that um you know i think is going to be very important right and you mentioned the just basically the vibes like when yeah. vibes are high, guys are playing well. We saw that at the beginning of the season with the 20, yeah, 20 and eight run. Yep. You know, you, you see yep. it in the World Series with the winning teams. Yep. Like that's what I like to see from Andy Rodriguez. I can see that he's gonna he's an all time vibes guy, is what he yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. But all right, enough about work. Had to do it. Sorry. All right. <laughs> let's talk let's talk about the fun stuff. Let's talk about downtime, yeah. your clothing okay. company. Tell me how yeah. that started. What was the inspiration? Let's get into it. Yeah. So, you know what? It started when we got shut down in 2020 with the COVID stuff. And I had, you know, I don't know how long it was. It seemed like forever, months to do nothing, you know, and just sit around and wonder what, what's going on and when we're going to be back to work. And, you know, and so when we're on the road traveling during the season, like one of the things that I love to do, and you could ask anybody, you know, that travels with us if they if we're on the road and you ask where's jordan they would probably say he's out shopping you know or <laughs> you know walking around just shopping right and i'll go by myself if somebody wants to go with me it's fine but i'm more than comfortable just going out and spending a whole morning or whatever walking around window shopping looking around and and just getting inspiration for things, getting ideas, looking at stuff and just enjoying that, you know? And so, um, that's kind of my hobby, right? So in 2020, when that got shut down, I thought, let's, um, let's, uh, let's do something here. Let's try to create some, um, some designs and make some clothes and make some, you know, different stuff to sell. And, uh, it's just kind of gone from there. And, um, you know, the downtime name now is, is just, it's is what it is. Like, this is what I do in my downtime. You know, That's and awesome. I think it's something that can be, um, you know, relatable to so many people in so many different realms. Like everybody has their work and then everybody has things they do in their downtime or in their spare time. And, you know, uh, I think lots of great ideas and great inventions, great thoughts, great come from side off, ideas you know they're working here and there and they have their their side hustle and all the side all of a sudden the side hustle becomes the main hustle because right. their downtime turned into something that's like hey this is real and they run with it or whatever you hear that kind of story all the time you know and so um yeah it's just it's something that's fun and so it's something that i you know i like shopping i like looking at different things i love creative people i love wearing and having like different clothing stuff that like not everybody has i love sneakers and shoes that are kind of lower uh uh lesser known brands or smaller brands or things that are custom made or custom done that people don't have and people see them and say hey what are those or where'd you get those or um and same thing with clothes like i I like 
having my own kind of styles and uh and stuff you know different stuff so um you know i'm always searching for uh garments and different things that i can work with and use and i've i I modify some stuff i'll buy stuff knowing fully well that i'm gonna totally change something about it but i just (laughs) like it as a base uh to kind of start with and then i'll i've started using a sewing machine my wife got me a sewing machine last year so that's been a lot of fun just to start using with and tinkering and taking stuff apart putting stuff back together um you know and uh it's fun you know it's just it's it's my hobby i don't really play video games i don't golf i don't um don't hunt don't do a lot of the stuff you know a lot of people do as hobbies this is my hobby you know and so it's something that i can uh put some some downtime into and um you know sell some stuff in in the in the process and just uh, enjoy my creative outlet yeah, it's awesome. And I mean, we see the guys uh, rock your stuff. I love, yeah. there's that picture, I believe it's of Colin Holderman. He's wearing the Legion yeah. baseball one. Yeah, I love that shirt. I need to get that shirt. And like just everything you're doing, because you're always posting about it on social. Yeah. It's just obviously such a big part of your life. And like you said, it's it's like it starts as a side hustle and then you start making some money off of it. Yeah. And I think we we have a friend of the program who he started Pittsburgh Clothing Company, which back in the day oh, was okay. Centerfield Smoke. So, and he kind of did the same thing. I mean, AJ kind of started it for him, AJ Burnett, yeah. <laughs> giving him the inspiration. But now he is, that's something that's huge for him now. He's selling not just Pirates based stuff, he's selling Steelers, Penn State, Pitt, all this stuff. And it's amazing how just something that like is a little activity that you do can become so large. And I feel like that's what we're doing here as well with the podcast. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's very cool. I didn't know that. I mean, that's a perfect example. That's exactly what I was alluding to. Yeah. Something so small, like a little side. uh, I think I had one of the uh, center when they were still centerfield smoke, the one sixty two plus shirts. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) <laughs> those were good shirts. We he might need to run those back for this year. We we need some of those. Like I remember Jordy Mercer. That might have been in sixteen or seventeen. Um, obviously fifteen. They were in the playoffs. Sixteen right. or seventeen. Mercer had a bunch of those shirts and was dishing them out. He he sent them to Jordy or whatever. Um, the one sixty two plus shirts in the pirate font, black and yellow. I thought those were really cool shirts. Simple. That's super cool. Right. And like, if you know, you know, like this is what it's about. 162 plus 162. We're not done. We're, we're, we're playing more than 162 this year. Well, this, Hey, this is how we're going to find out if Zach is watching this podcast. Yeah. Zach, there you go. Zach, Zach back. Send you got to run us. those shirts back. Yeah. Guys want them. Bradenton. Yeah. The guys, <laughs> yes. We need them. We're going to speak it into existence this year from day one. It's we're, we're, we're going to the playoffs. We're, we're making a run. We're making the playoffs. We're making the playoffs. I love That's it. it. 162 and, plus. And one more thing before I got a little game for us to play to end the okay. show. But one more thing right. about like the fashion and stuff. You know, I started to discover like vintage clothes. I mean, yeah. I'm a bigger guy, so vintage clothes don't really fit me because back in the day everybody was a lot smaller. <laughs> yeah. But like I love the style and everything. And now you see like Zeds and um yeah. the closet and all these shops popping up around Pittsburgh. It's very much yeah. Fashion in general is very much a part of Pittsburgh's culture. And yeah. I just want to know what has that been like to be around that so frequently being in Pittsburgh? 
Yeah, it's it, I love it. I've gotten to know all those guys, uh, Shop Monarch Studios guys. The yeah. um, uh, obviously the guys at Zeds are my guys. I've been up to the closet once, um, and but Zach and um, and Chase over at Zeds and Steven, like those three, those are my guys. And I'm a, I'm in Zeds uh, a couple times a month at least. I mean, if we have you know two home stands a month, every home stand I'm in there at least one one day. You know, so a couple times a month, just checking in. Flipping stuff, uh, buying stuff, whatever, trading, just shooting shit with them. Um, they're great, you know. And and uh, and the guys down at, at Shop Four One Two, you know, I, I know Christian and Aaron real well, and John who, uh, who works in there. Um, so yeah, you know, over the years and getting around and 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 doing the shopping that I do and just the networking through the city, you know, it's a little big city where you 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 know you see people and. Uh, you're going to see them out and about like the, the right. circles you run in overlap a lot, in, in, especially in the, the realms that, that I run in. So um, it's great getting to know those guys and, and being a part of it, you know, getting to make contacts, even with guys like John Geiger, when he comes through Pittsburgh, yeah. getting to know him a little bit in the last couple of years, he's always over at Zed's. He's come through the the PNC a couple of times and um, getting to meet him and connect with him and Sean, Davis is his business partner a little bit has been awesome. Um, guys that I really look up to in terms of just design and creativity and like guys that came through Pittsburgh and have such a niche market and a unique, um, you know, look on, on fashion and uh, their design and what like their vision is as a company. It's just, it's cool. I, I think it's neat, you know, and I have a lot of their shoes and a lot of, a lot of their stuff. Um, so it's, it's been it's been really neat to be to be able to be a part of that and to make you know friends with some of those guys and to make those contacts and um, you know when anytime we go back to Pittsburgh I always have to make the rounds like where right. my wife and I are going to go back to a Steeler game uh, in December um, we're going to get back we're going to go to Zeds probably go to four one two we're going to you know make the rounds uh, see everybody we need to see I got some stuff lined up to go take to Zeds to sell and. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the usual routine and I've already let them know that I'm coming, you know, so they'll be expecting me. So it's, it's cool. That's awesome. Well, Hey, we, we just opened our shop back up. It was closed for a while. I, I convinced the guys, I came on like a year and a half ago and I convinced them like, guys, if you want to make money, we got to sell some shirts. So maybe, yeah. maybe in the future we get a little collab, who knows? Here we'll we see go. what happens. If not, I'm definitely going to be reaching out to you be like, Hey, what do you think of this? Yeah, because <laughs> so, nice. I love your style. I love the downtime stuff. It's so like it's that streetwear that like I desire to show in my uh, fashion sense. Like, you can't really tell now. I didn't want to yeah. try too hard. I knew you're a fashion guy. I was like, I can't, I can't show. No, you up. look good. Like, <laughs> you look good. I like the glasses. I was like, I, I love. I got to keep it simple. Yeah, Warby Parker. You know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we got okay. another Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh company here. I think it's what is it. Three Rivers Clothing. Uh, they don't okay. do a lot of design stuff. They're more distributing. But yeah, and then you know, full. We'll do full OOTD. I got this. This is <laughs> yeah. from Target. This yeah. is probably from Boscovs. I mean, that's what we're got going on. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I've got some new stuff coming, so you're gonna have to keep an eye. And, and the listeners today, we're gonna have to keep an eye on the website, Instagram. I've got these hats coming. I um, love the hat. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of comments on this hat. So these hats love, are going to be up available. Yeah. I got another hat that's going to be available, and a couple different hoodie options. It's coming, and in the got some things in the works. So you got to stay posted. 
I love it. I'm looking forward to it myself. I need I need to cop the Legion baseball shirt. Yeah, that was that a popular shirt, is... shirt. That was from uh, was that two years ago? Might have been two years ago. Uh, but yeah, that was a good shirt too. That yeah, that one. that right now is my favorite of yours. Yeah, but, thank you. All right, so we talked all about fashion and your love for it and your connections to Pittsburgh. Now it's time to play a little game. Okay. Uh, I I pulled I made this this morning. Wrong button. Wrong button. <laughs> so I made this this morning. It's guess that Pittsburgh icon. It's going to be based oh. off of their their fashion or they did a, a shoot for somebody or they were at an event. Uh, so we're going to get into it right now. Um, first, do you like do you pay attention to other people's fashion? Or are you like a you know you into that? Yeah, yeah. Like the e red yeah. carpet and stuff like that. Um, maybe not the red carpet. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I, I follow a lot. My downtime Instagram. I follow a lot of complex style, like NFL blitz fits, NBA fits, yeah. MLB fits. I just started yeah. following MLB fits. Yeah, yeah. like a, a lot. Of, I, I love looking at what guys are wearing. Yeah, for sure. All athletes right, so especially. Ho- right, and these are all athletes, so it should yeah, be. Okay. Maybe this will be a little easy for you, but okay. We'll see. Let's get into it. Let's guess that Pittsburgh icon. And here's number one. We got huh. this person at the Grammys in 2006 oh, wearing the throw. With the that's a classic pick. That's, right, it is a classic. <laughs> with the with the Jerome Bettis Notre Dame yep. jersey on, with the big chain and the jacket and the backward Jordan hat. <laughs> oh my gosh, Big Ben yes. was something else back in the day. My girlfriend, she was like, I, I put the emoji on his face this morning she's like no you gotta show the hat yeah so yes you're right right. it's big ben the the classic vintage big ben that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) what a look what a look look back in those yeah yep all right let's go on to the next one okay this was in the huffington post in 2013 oh this is the style is something i would never touch but (laughs) got to be a hockey player right Um, all right yes is it man i'm i'm uh, crosby i don't know it is it is Sidney crosby you went with Uh, the safe choice which was smart yeah wow look at that the kid back in 2013 okay nice all right i hadn't seen that picture that was that was that yeah, I was I was like, who is like I was like I've never seen this before. Oh. But now we got Pittsburgh Magazine in 2012. I think uh, the hairdo kind of gives it That's away. That's got to be Cutch, right? It is. That is Andrew McCutcheon looking fly as ever back in 2012. Nice. That was yeah. That was a style back then, you know. Yeah, Cutch <laughs> wouldn't say it. Yeah. Wouldn't say that style has transitioned into 2023, but <laughs> yeah, Kutch is very well dressed. I always enjoy Absolutely. checking out what he's got on. He's he's got he's got swag, big time. I swag. I debated on putting in a recent Kutch pick. I was like, ah, maybe that's too easy. But yes, Kutch is always dressed. I love nice. talking to him about his his cleats, his his yeah. on field swag. Like when we first got to spring training this year, because obviously I was with him previously you know in 16 17 whatever so it was great to see him back and i was asking him hey you know i know you've got some stuff in the archives to like bring out <laughs> you know what what do you got he started laughing 
Oh yeah, and he he brought out some of those uh, Swingman Griffies from like 2015 oh, yeah. with the digital camo on the sides and at spring training he he had his wife like brought them down or he shipped them down or whatever from his house and he's like these are my favorite right here like he had some some good stuff that um, he brought back from the way back you know 14 Absolutely. 15 16 nice real nice that's awesome that's awesome yeah. that he like he didn't he wasn't like all right this is going to the trophy case he's like no we're wearing this <laughs> oh yeah we're wearing it i mean he had so many pairs of stuff they were just brand new in the box and in the archives and he brought them back right. out it was cool yeah really that's cool. awesome all right let's go on to the next one we got this is from gq magazine in 2018 <laughs> oh that's got to be ab you're correct that's antonio brown yeah it AB, wow, what a look. <laughs> this is one of the more tasteful looks that he has, in my That's opinion. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 something else. Yeah. He's, he's uh, definitely high fashion. <laughs> very high fashion, like runway fashion. People yeah, so he, high he, it's over my head. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. All right, on one. to, this is the last one, kind of a gimme, but I had Classic. to put it in here. Yeah, Pittsburgh Clothing Company, 2012, Batman. AJ, and these shirts, these shirts made a made a return uh, yep. this year. Uh, we got a we got a shipment of these. I don't know who was responsible for that. Maybe Bednar. Um, Probably. Yeah. But I I got one of these. He loved it. He, he wore that shirt all the time. Our relievers, especially, that was a a very popular afternoon throwing program T shirt. That's yeah. a good shirt. Hey. The shirt that started it all right there, man. And you know what? I think – I don't know if it was coincidence. Maybe AJ had him sent over to Bednar because it had to be. Because when we got the shirts, it was either that day or the next day, AJ was there. And yeah. they all – all the relievers wore them and they got a picture with AJ on the field. <laughs> he yeah, probably had a hand in that. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. I talked I talked to uh, Bednar a little bit at spring training this past year. And he, he was wearing a – Pittsburgh Clothing Company shirt, and I told him I was like, "Hey, we're we're friends with Zach and the guys over there." And he was like, "Oh yeah, they make the best stuff." So I'm sure he was yeah. probably like, "Hey, Zach, I need these shirts for when AJ's in town." Yeah, that's right. That's right. Can't beat a good T-shirt. I, absolutely. I I'm always looking for new, like different looking T-shirts. I have one. I should have worn it today. It's one of my favorite shirts. I'm really into pro wrestling, and oh, yeah. I found this shirt. It, this guy, he he used to actually be the, like one of the head graphic designers for the Penguins, and he had a his own side gig, and it was just him making uh, like Japanese style or like not even style, just Japanese like NJ, NJPW and like lesser known wrestler oh. like huh. graphic tees. Yeah, and he has and he had one that I bought, and it's um, oh, what's his name? Now I'm forgetting his name. I I love this shirt. It's a it says loose cannon on the top, like real small. And it's just like his face in black and white with sunglasses on. His son. Oh, Brian Pillman. That's who it was. Okay. Loose cannon, Brian Pillman. And it's, <laughs> it is one of my favorite shirts that I've ever nice. purchased. It is such a nice. cool shirt. But anyway, Very Jordan, cool. Jordan Funky Comedina, thank you for coming on. We didn't even get into the origin of your nickname. I mean, I know yeah. the song, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I listened That's- to it this morning. Yeah, that's really that's really it. That's the origin of it, and it's it's from way back when. People have been right. calling me that forever. So, um, that's that's really it. If you know the song, um, you put it together. That's it. People, especially on the road, 
when we're out and about, you know, in the bullpen, people are holler at me, hey, do people call you funky? Like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, all right. Hey, nice, man. <laughs> like, okay. Thanks. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. I, I played that song this morning and <laughs> my girlfriend was like, what is that? I'm like, what is that? Yeah. It's funky cold Medina. What do you mean? And yeah. she's like, I've never heard that song. I'm like, you Gen Z, what are you going to do? <laughs> Don't with look. I think it's from 90, 1992. Yep. <laughs> it came out. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Jordan. Thank you for bucking around. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. This was great. Uh, anytime. Um, I'm more than happy to come on and chop it up. This was awesome. I had a great time. So thank you very much.